0: hey it's episode 15 of the tv junk podcast and this is the rings of power my name is greg thanks for listening to the podcast check out our socials tv junk podcast on twitter tv junk podcast at gmail.com for any questions or suggestions on the show today we've got uh sean dwyer how's it going sean
1: it's going great thanks for having me greg
0: Back uh back on after a few pods. What was the last one you did?
1: Mm, was it Andor maybe?
0: And we've got uh we've got Dax on the show. Hey, what's up, guys? Glad to be back. Back to back episodes. And yeah. uh, and we got uh Nuno on the show who's almost like a co host at this point. <laughs>
2: uh pretty much, yeah. Hey, hey everyone. Thanks for having me.
0: This guy loves his TV. He
3: can't get enough. He can't get enough it's, of the stream. You know
2: I I just don't get out. <laughs> I, I I probably I probably watch too much TV nah fuck that
0: well you there's not much else to do right now right i mean it's uh it's still a little chilly to be uh playing outside but uh so now you just gotta fill up your your days with uh shows on these streaming services and then we just chat about them whether they're yeah. good or bad in this I case mean, we'll find out yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> let's go baby
0: <laughs> so uh before we get into the show um I kind of want to know what your guys' uh, history is with uh, JRR. Is it Tolkien? Tolkien. I believe. What's it's the correct Tolkien. pronunciation? I believe it's Tolkien,
1: Tolkien, but I feel like an idiot saying Tolkien. I just I can't know. bring myself That's to bad. say it.
0: <laughs> no, don't don't say it that way. <laughs> so up. we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna say Tolkien throughout the show. And uh, and uh, we're going to spoil a lot of stuff if you haven't watched Rings of Power. But uh, so just to talk a little bit about the the books, like, did you like Dax, did you read these books when you were younger, like any of the Tolkien stuff, Hobbit, Lord of the Rings? I love, Greg, how you always start with like the <laughs> the
3: research portion or the like your like how in depth are you with the Prove series your fan stuff credentials? With me. Yeah, your fan credentials always starts with me. And I always have to say, I don't. None zero or next to zero, <laughs> so I I don't even think I watched the animated uh, Hobbit or whatever. You remember that one that was like oh everyone loved oh the Harry the Rankin Bass one? Yeah, I never even I, watched. that. I love
2: that first one. Yeah, the Rankin Bass yeah, one's
3: great. I've heard great things about it, but I haven't seen that. Um, and so my first real experience, other than knowing knowing of the story uh, right. through word of mouth, was the movies in two thousand sure. or whatever. Um, so. Yeah, I got to enjoy those, and I did. The films were awesome for me back in the day. I love them. I still like them. But.
0: Yeah, Rank- Rankin Bass did the Hobbit cartoon, and I think it was Filmation did the Lord of the Rings cartoon, which they didn't ever have the funding to finish it. Right. it kind of got halfway through, and uh, I believe it was one of the large battles, and it's the end of the, the VHS, and then no- <laughs> there's nothing after that. <laughs> yeah, uh, N- Nuno, what about you? Did- were you a fan of the books? Did you read these things? I distinctly remember reading The Hobbit when
2: I was like nine or ten. And um, I, th- I read Lord of the Rings in high school. And then again, I, I think I read each book leading up to, to the release of each film in the early 2000s. Um, lo- love the films or love Lord of the Rings films. Uh, absolutely hate The Hobbit films. <laughs> All right. Uh, Sean, what about yourself?
1: Yeah. Kind of the same as Nuno. Like I read the Hobbit as a kid and then I, I think I read the Lord of the Rings for the first time just kind of before the movies came out. Um, but like my dad was a big Tolkien fan and had like all the appendices and extra stuff. So I kind of was like aware of the stuff, even if I hadn't seen it or read it. And then, um, yeah, like I I obviously loved the original Lord of the Rings trilogy. I do kind of defend the Hobbit trilogy to some degree, but I agree it's mostly disappointment and I still have not read any of the extra stuff that some of this show is based on. So I really was not familiar with that.
3: I also, uh, mildly defend the Hobbit series with you, Sean. So I'll take, I'll take the blows on the chin with you on that. Nice. <laughs> Many blows will be fed to our
0: chin. I'm sure at some point. <laughs> I, um, I, I've never read, any of the books, um, like I said, I, I saw the animated stuff. I've seen the like the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings trilogy, and I've seen the first Hobbit movie. I haven't even finished watching the other two. Oh, wow. um, I'm pretty like, like, I don't know if the first Hobbit movie was was good enough, but I do remember some sort of a scene with the dwarves washing dishes or something like that. And there was oh, yeah. a song.
3: Yeah, that pretty much set the tone for
0: the franchise or the the trilogy. Oh, because I like that scene, so maybe I'll oh, watch the rest well, of it. then.
3: I feel like it was pretty divisive. That I feel like the first one uh, was kind of slow, and right. I remember like by the second and third, it started to kind of ramp up a little bit as far as action and whatnot. And but yeah, I mean, it definitely didn't quite have the same pizzazz as the Lord of the Rings trilogy, but I still enjoyed a lot, lot of a lot of the stuff in there. Like I'm a big high fantasy guy, so I mean, like anything that's got that much care put into it i tend to like you know and you know as long as there's good effort put in there i I, there's things i
0: can pull out of it that i enjoy which is why i like the hobbit so there's a there's a book called the the silmarillion i believe that's how it's pronounced and this this is what amazon wanted to base the show around but they couldn't get the the rights from the the tolkien family i guess they weren't willing to give that up, so they kind of it's probably because you're calling them the Tolkien family, not the Tolkien family. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's that's that was probably their first mistake. But so I guess they decided to instead of like sticking to the stories and the themes of Middle Earth that uh, everybody knows and loves, they decided to do their own kind of story and abandon all the the lore and uh and so we ended I, up with I don't know
1: the, if that's totally true i mean they, don't they think so? follow some stuff but they they kind of filled in between the lines in a lot of places
0: but uh but yeah so this is where we ended up with with the, the rings of power just so just a, a quick you know 30 second nuno what were your thoughts overall on this show
2: i really really enjoyed it okay uh, i thought it looked amazing uh no complaints with the casting and uh, yeah, I had a good time.
1: Uh, Sean. Wow. I thought I was going to be the only one saying I enjoyed it. I mean, I liked Hmm. it. I definitely love it, but I think it was a good setup to hopefully future seasons. And yeah, I mean, I, I thought it kind of felt like Lord of the Rings in a lot of places. Like it just had a feel that brought back, Maybe nostalgia, maybe memories, whatever it was. But it kind of worked on that level for me.
3: Max, uh, what about you? I partially agree with both, both the fellas. I did enjoy it. Um, I feel like it, it did look great. I feel like it looked really good for a show. And it, like I said, anything in this kind of... I like this fantasy kind of content. So, I mean, it would have had to been really bad for me to, to not like it. Um, I did feel it was kind of slow in the beginning. Um, but then ramped up. And once I got kind of invested it, like most shows it, it kind of, I was excited to watch the rest of it. Um, and yeah, I mean, Mm -hmm. I even, there was even parts in it like my strongest part that I'll mention later on in the show is the character relationships and stuff like that. I thought were probably the highlight of the show. And and I feel like even the actors, like in the very first couple episodes, I was like, Oh, these, I'm not vibing with Elron, I'm not vibing with, you know, Galadriel. I'm not feeling. You know what I mean? Because they obviously weren't even trying to make them look like, which is fine. But I mean, they weren't. You just had to accept that they didn't look anything like the 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 movie people. They were trying to keep it separate. Um, but as it grew, as a, the show went on, I, I tended to just love all the characters. So it it obviously did something right for me. So I enjoyed it. There's your more way more than 30
0: seconds because I tend to do that. That's okay. Um. So I, I, I just said to you guys earlier that I watched most of this series uh, today. I watched the entire series this week, but, uh, I, uh, I did not enjoy this very much at all. Like I, I thought that, uh, well, first of all, I was stunned that this thing was a billion dollars of Amazon's money that, uh, that we watched these eight hours. It was, I thought it was like w- way too long. Like gee, each episode was over an hour. There were some parts that just dragged and and then I think they tried to make up for some of the, the dragging parts where they just kind of forgot like a whole sense of time and place. Like there were scenes where they talked about traveling would take a couple of days and then hours later the, the, the trip is over and and the characters are in a completely different place. And it, like, I, I thought a lot of the choices that these characters made, um, were dumb. And I think it all comes down to like really bad writing. I thought it was poorly written. And I thought the dialogue for the most part was, was bad. And, uh, I didn't get any kind of connection to any of the characters. I thought most of them were like uncharismatic and like forgettable and uh and yeah i didn't particularly even enjoy many of the acting performances either maybe i was just in a bad mood today i don't know maybe, <laughs> maybe
3: it was that that you watched 14 hours of lord of the rings yeah. today but yeah i mean i can i can but, see where some of your stuff is coming from for sure i, have but I, I guess as well
0: i guess uh i i thought too much about the peter jackson trilogy and and how much i enjoyed it and uh and how i was kind of i mean i knew i wasn't going to get the 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 same characters because this is set like a thousand years before or something like that um but uh i thought at least get hobbits we didn't get hobbits these weren't hobbits (laughs) you got got, got, got harfoots bud harfoots and so they're proto hobbits yeah right so i actually kind of looked this up and i was like why why are there no hobbits in this show and so harfoots uh they are indeed actual hobbits but they are there are three different early races of hobbits harfoots is one stores are the other and Fellowhides are the original or the other one and uh, they all resided in the uh the misty mountains so there you go that's why there are no hobbits because they weren't called hobbits yet and uh I kind of thought fellow hides would have been a better choice to, to name the this group <laughs> instead of Harfoots. Harfoots. it sounds
3: more like hobbits though. Like, it does. I,
1: I think the Harfoots are specifically the ancestors of the ones you see in, in the Lord of the Rings. So I think that's why. I, I don't
3: know. I don't do remember know. doing, isn't there like a like during his speech in Lord of the Rings, he says, Oh, the Necklebuggins and the Harfoots and the, br- br-
2: br, you know, when he's doing his he birthday says, speech. Uh, I think he says Proud Feet. Or oh, no, he, he oh, said he says okay. like uh I thought says, the, no, the no, name he sounded said, familiar. He says Proudfoot, and then the one guy in the foreground says Proud Feet.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought for some reason, like Sean said, that he referenced them in the in the Lord of the Rings trilogy.
2: Some some of the last names of of the Harfoot or the Harfoots are similar to some of the families, I think, in, in the Shire from Lord of the Rings.
0: But they're they're the same kind of rascals that those hobbits are Yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. just little are, adventurous little rascals that shouldn't be yeah. adventurous
2: and getting and into trouble and they like food and talking
0: about their feet. <laughs> <laughs> so like this, the show is, uh, um, it's said in like, like four, four kind of story arcs are kind of happening all at the same time. And maybe that's what my main issue was. Cause that's, um, that's a lot, especially when you're being introduced to like p- complete brand new characters to have four different storylines that are all somehow potentially going to connect together, except they don't. Um, but we'll start with the first one with, uh, with, uh, Galadriel, who is an elf. And, uh, so we get kind of a brief introduction of, of who she is, and then we're kind of thrown like straight headfirst into, uh, the world. Uh, so Gladriel is determined to track down Sauron, uh, who has, uh, defeated Morgoth. Um, again, uh, so many, so many characters that kind of keep track of. And the, the orcs have all gone into hiding. Her brother was killed, uh, in this battle. So she's determined to, um, set off a quest to kind of destroy Sauron. First, she's got to find him. And then she, uh, ends up in, uh, Numenor, which is a, it's kind of like a city that was given to some humans that had helped the elves in the past. And, uh, she gets this queen to, uh, to join her in their, in this fight against this common enemy. So Galadriel is is kind of the main character that we get introduced first. And, uh, so now is this, now, is she from the, any of the other movies that we've seen before?
1: Yeah, she is. That, that's that's Kate Blanchett, Blanchett, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay.
3: Yeah. So we see uh, Kate Blanchett before she's just the poised, stoic magic user. That's or right. she is the queen of the elves at the end. Uh, so I she, guess now, this was kind of like she's a military commander in her youth. Um, I I will say I I the thing I enjoyed probably most about this was the name dropping and like giving you little tidbits because I hadn't read any of the stuff so like this is my experience on like understanding the behind this like the the beginnings of all this kind of stuff and trying to piece that together and I enjoyed it so like um I didn't know that I don't remember if she, if Morgoth is mentioned in the for, in the Lord of the Rings trilogy because I think they just go to the fight with Sauron and Isildur right. and all that kind of stuff. I, I didn't I didn't recognize that so name, but... apparently there's a bigger bad that and Sauron is just like a the mage or like a a general of this Morgoth and somehow they beat the Morgoth and then Sauron escapes or whatever. And so then that's what this hunt is for. Um, I like the whole Numerians or Num- whatever it is, because I believe that's what isn't uh, Aragorn, a descendant of the Numerians, and they're the ones that are blessed with long life.
2: I think um, so. Yeah, because Isildur uh, is his direct ancestor.
3: Right, and he's from Numenor. Okay, yeah, so yeah. yeah. Cool. So yeah, so basically that's like, yeah, and then it kind of made sense of all that. We got to see the New- Numerians or Numerians... Because and it makes sense. Oh well, yeah, that's right. They got blessed by the elves and were given long life, and because they helped them in that fight. Um, so I, I liked all those kind of things uh, about the show uh, overall. Um, yeah, just as my two cents on that.
1: Yeah,
2: one, no. when, one detail I didn't realize until watching this series, actually watching the series a second time because I watched it originally when it came out in the fall, is that um, Elrond is they call them half elf. Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't. I didn't know he was half human.
3: Yeah. Which I don't. Doesn't that change their lifespan, don't you think, or something like because he's there to the very end in the original trilogy like he's. Yeah. You know, so I don't I don't.
2: And he's and 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 he's and he's trying to get Aragorn to forget about Arwen because if she well, I guess it's because if she stays behind, she'll be mortal. But yeah, I whole, still but- don't
3: get that whole traveling to the other lands. Like, how yeah. how is that like a blessing? Like when <laughs> they've come back from like trying to kill Sauron, and they're like the top chiefs and generals of the Elven army, and they say your 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 gift is to go to the un- undying lands. It's like, listen, bitch, I'm fucking twenty five in in elf years. Like, why would <laughs> yeah, I want to go and?
2: That- Well, no, she's she's like hundreds of years old at this. No,
3: but you know, I'm saying in in elf years, like dog years, right? Like she's still still young, right? Kind of young, yeah. Why would I go to heaven right now or whatever if that's we're gonna? I I did
2: I did notice stuff again on the second viewing, especially early on in the series, like um the the little like prologue or intro where um, where Galadriel kind of catches catches up, uh, well tells us about the the Morgoth war. It shows Valinor. And I guess the trees are obviously a big thing, like these these trees that are the source of their power, their elves of elves of elves being immortal. Because she says that she says at first the elves had no word for death. And then and then it has the trees decaying. And it's like Morgoth's evil has like gone into Valinor. And so the elves actually leave Middle or leave Valinor for the first time, I'm assuming. Go when to they go, Earth. Yeah, when they go to Middle Earth and the battle lasts who knows how long. Um but yeah, I guess that I guess that's why, you know, your great 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 grandmother isn't hanging out with you and why people eventually, you know, get gray hair, because it's kinda like, you know, Thor and the whole they're they're immortal, but they were children and they were teenagers, so it's like you, you can't think about this crap or ever rationalize it, but I do think about it sometimes and it it's weird, right? Cause...
1: Yeah. I mean, I was trying to read up some stuff on it because I really didn't like, you know, in the trilogy, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, it feels like an analog to heaven, basically. Like they're getting old. Yeah. This is it. They're, they're going on to heaven and, and, you know, they say they're going to live on the rest of the years there, but that kind of feels like what they're talking about. But Apparently Gladriel, like the whole thing is she's going home. They keep saying, right. And I guess she originally was born there in Valinor.
3: Yeah. She and was. like, after, she's yeah. from yeah. a
1: tribe of elves who are from there and then they left. And so now she's going back, but it still feels weird. Cause it's like, well, isn't that heaven? Like you're going there to die. I don't get yeah. it, but like yeah. apparently people yeah, after, live yeah. there too. Like it's, I, it's strange.
2: After watching the pilot the second time. All of the imagery of her as a child, and then with her and her older brother, that all takes place in Valinor, I'm pretty sure.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah it does. And nice. then she's, she's part of the exodus to Middle-earth as a child uh, when the battle happens, because she's part of the battle. The brother's part of the battle. He dies in the battle, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera and then we go on from there. Um, but yeah, let's get... It's, well, it's yeah, so yeah. deep. We could go for on for days on this single thing. <laughs> yeah,
0: but. so uh, the 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 Galadriel character is played by an actress named uh, Morfred Clark. i uh, I thought she she was I thought she was good uh, because she I think she did what she was asked to do. However, I just felt that that character itself was just always scowling and always angry. And it was really hard to get behind her and, and root for her because she just seemed to be like such a sourpuss the whole time. And, and, uh, but you know, I, I can't say that that's, you know, the, the, the problem with the acting, cause I'm assuming that's how she was coached to play this character. But, um, but yeah, I, I didn't really, um, it, it was tough to get behind her as, as, you know, one of, one of the heroes. And so her, her journey, um, uh, like kind of begins when like, uh, she's kind of asked to go into essentially, is that like the afterlife is, is that when her service was done is that she was on this boat going towards the, the light. Right. So that was kind of, uh, where she was supposed to go, but she changed her mind, uh, cause she wanted to finish, you know, what her, what she had started with, uh, um, with the, uh uh finding sauron and, and killing him, so she jumps into the water like gets uh it, like swims for probably what seems like like days and uh she ends up on a, a raft with some survivors from another wreckage and one of them um is uh, uh what, what was that character's name again uh hallbrand hallbrand yeah, Holbrand, Holbrand. yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's where she meets Hallbrand, who she essentially stays with for the rest of the series, uh, on her, her journey as they end up back in, in, in Luminar when they're rescued by uh, some humans. And so her idea is to try to convince this queen that, um, the darkness is, is coming back and it's better to head to like the Southlands to, to stop it before it takes over everybody and she kind of gets her way and uh the the queen sends uh, a couple of ships and there's a whole other backstory with uh um i guess like it's the queen's um what would you call that guy advisor maybe i think they he c- this
3: this bearded guy right yeah with the with the i think with... they're family like he might be like a cousin or uncle or brother even i don't know but the point i don't it seems like he's he's family but he might not be the
2: the moses looking guy yeah like oh yeah yeah um yeah he's like kind of like a politician and i think yeah like second to the queen and Uh, he 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 has his
0: own uh ulterior motive of why he thinks this is a good idea because then the humans will take over everything when they succeed um but there are People from Luminor who, is it Luminor? Do I, do I keep Numenor. Numinor. Numinor. Not, not Luminor. Not Luminor. No. Numinor. Luminor. Who, uh, who don't want this to, to happen. And so there's, um, you know, there's a little backstory of, uh, some boats being set on fire. And so they're, they're, they're down a couple of ships. And it involves, uh, the captain of the guards' son who, you know, um, who turns out, uh, is actually an important guy in the whole lore of of the whole tolkien thing um what's his name uh is uh, isildur uh is yeah isildur is cuz uh he's the guy that eventually defeats sauron in the story right yeah, yeah. um but he's kind of a buffoon when we but first. He's a bit uh, of a fuck up. He's he's your classic <laughs> yeah. like
3: uh, swashbuckling rogue that doesn't really follow the rules, but you can tell is going to be important at some point, and clearly he is.
0: Well, and that's the thing for people who like uh, you know later on in the series, uh, like everybody thinks that he's dead, which is as from the viewer uh, who knows anything about the story, it's kind of like it's not even a. a You know a cheap emotion grabber because you know he isn't dead and so really has zero effect uh on you as you're watching it because you know he's not dead
1: yeah it's kind of interesting because i mean that's all obviously a problem with prequels in general but they do something in this series to try and get away from that a bit which is they have these mysteries or at least one big mystery that they set up for this first season that you know the identity of who Sauron is, yeah, is kind was... of like this thing you're wondering the whole time. Yeah, and I I'm a little bit I mean not to just change gears of what we're talking about here, but I'm a little bit torn on that. Like I I think I was initially intrigued by it, but when the reveal comes at the end of the season, it feels like a bit of a wet noodle to me. Where I'm like, yeah, I don't know, yeah, I agree, that amazing of a of a payoff, but. But I, I think I see why they did it. It's because otherwise, you know where everything's going. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like,
0: um, the, the 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 choice of who Sauron is was was kind of obvious right from the start. No, well, no, you know what? Me. There
2: there are a lot of red herrings though. Like, I I watched the series twice, so I had I had the um I had the luxury of the second time through knowing who Sauron really was but still seeing that so many other characters are written and are given musical cues to kind of like make you suspicious of them.
3: Like, like Adar, uh, for example, right? Like, you know, that the, Adar, the elf that you, yeah, like he's either the, uh, Sauron or he's like the hand of yeah. Sauron. Like he's like really high general guy. Cause he's controlling yeah. the orcs. The one, uh, the my stranger,
2: the stranger,
3: stranger
1: Horse.
2: my, my, my top pick was Ke- Brimore, the, uh, Mm. The, the the elvin smith right yeah. when you right when you meet him he has this like really um imposing kind of music and you see him from the back and he turns around slowly and he's immediately talking about uh you know in order to create great beauty you must have great sacrifice and he's talking about power and have, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and essentially creating a forge so he could like create something better and more powerful. And it's just like, holy shit. Like this guy's got to be Sauron. But then the funny thing is when you do meet Sauron for the first time, like, are we saying who he is? Are we going to wait till like episode eight? No, no, it's,
0: it's, it's Halbrand, We can
2: talk about it. Yeah. So I just
3: literally looked up the cast and it's like, he's right here. It says Sauron.
2: on Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. I mean, uh, luckily on, you know, on when you're watching our prime with subtitles and with the x-ray feature, um, it doesn't say Sauron in, on there, but uh, <laughs> <That's> I, <good. laughs> I, 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 I do, I do have the uh, the Google page open with the cast because there's like 30 people here, yeah, and it has Charlie Vickers as Sauron. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> 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 but, but yeah, when you uh, when you first meet Hallibrand, again, it's, they do the same setup. The music gets kind of like you know, it's like moody, and he's hunched over. You don't see his face from the back. And he turns around, and it's only a side profile where you only see one eye. And the first thing he says mm-hmm. is, "Looks can be deceiving." That's the first line he says.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah, I feel like they also like. I, I think you you would suspect him early on, but throughout the this season, it feels like he's being built up as like an Aragorn type oh. character, right? Because exactly. he's
3: to say that, yeah, he's
1: like the-, the the person who has the right to the throne or whatever, and. He's trying to. He doesn't necessarily
3: it. want to, and all that kind of stuff, right? Like it's the same kind of vibe as Aragorn. Like he doesn't yeah. feel worthy, all that kind of shit, right?
1: Yeah. So yeah, I, I was a little bit. I mean, there's only few few people to choose from, really. But like, I didn't necessarily expect that. But on the flip side of the question of who the stranger is, I mean, I don't think it's been fully confirmed, but it definitely seems like it's Gandalf, right? Of course, it is. Uh yeah, I don't
3: think it's Gand I think I don't know if it's Gandalf I just don't I, to me it feels like it might be the first of the whatever the the name for the wizards is like there's like a name that they call them was it or
0: something like that Yeah like, like maybe he's,
3: maybe he's he's the first <laughs> no, one that it. comes to Middle Earth and starts up the training even ahead of the uh, what at the main wizard the one that turns bad not Sauron S- Sauron like so, maybe yeah, he's maybe he's even before him. Like maybe he's just like the granddaddy of the wizards that come to Middle Earth.
2: Yeah, I I know I know that all of the diehards who have read the appendices and the Simularian, I know one complaint or one of the many complaints for the nitpickers is that um, some of the events depicted in this are happening in the wrong age, or mm-hmm. happening hundreds of th- if not thousands of years or before they're supposed to. Um, because, yeah, I guess, like, Gandalf is supposed to, he's, like, the last of the five. He's either the fourth, or, I don't know. It's like, there, there's only five of these wizards, these Ishtars, and it's supposed to be the blue wizards, two blues wizards, and Sodomon, and then Gandalf and the brown guy. And Gandalf, like, Sodomon in the films kind of talks down to him. Like, he is kind of, like, not, not as wise and not as, like, because he's He's, gray he's
3: the gray he's not white he doesn't
2: doesn't have the high status as uh as sort but i'd be
3: pissed if that's actually gandalf i thought it i thought it was cooler when like honestly this part was my favorite part and it's because this is where i like to be ignorant of these things like everyone always seems to know these red herrings and all that shit and like know it ahead of time like frank all the time knows that shit and (laughs) you guys all knew that it wasn't it was not he wasn't sour man stuff i thought that he was going to be sour man because they were doing the or Sauron because they were doing the whole battle and she's telling him, no, you can be good, but then he's going to be evil because the evil priests or whatever, like that were saying, no, you are him. Like you're the, and he had the power and he looked like he was torn. And I'm like, this is great. I love that turn. Like the, all of a sudden like, Oh shit, he's a wizard. Fuck me. Like I, I was so surprised by that. That was my favorite thing. Yeah. Like I, I love that turn. And, I liked it, the fact that I'm like, okay, well, who's... Maybe he's the beginning of, like, these wizards on Middle-earth. Like, he came down at a time when they needed good to battle the bad. Like, I'm like, okay, but if he turns out to be Gandalf, like, I don't know, man.
1: Like He may not be, but apparently there is... Uh, like the last line he says in the final episode is something. Oh, yeah, he like, says Always follow your nose or something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. I just so-
3: assumed that was like a wizard, fucking like a throwback to what wizards say. <laughs> if yeah. it's actually Gandalf, I'll, like I am yeah, invoking no. my my number one.
2: No, thing. I I think I mean like he's he's obviously wearing like a gray cloak, so uh, right away you're supposed to think it's Gandalf, and then they kind of do the whole oh it's not because those cultists find him and yeah think think he's Sauron, but yeah there's the line at the end which is a direct uh, throwback to Lord of the Rings. But then also, uh, um, yeah, I think in the last episode, he's kind of like after he's had that encounter and defeated those um, worshippers, he's suddenly like, you know, can converse in full sentences. And and he has like more of his full intelligence and personality. I found he had like, he had like warmth and wisdom, like the way he was written in the end, just for those small scenes with Nori it was very reminiscent of how gandalf spoke to sure. to like um you know bilbo
0: and um well, it know. was a mirror relationship yeah. like it was yeah exactly yeah. like yeah. there was when uh, when he got the the staff in the, in that uh, battle at, at the end against those three cultists or whatever and uh, <clears throat> they realized that he's not sauron uh he's from the other side uh, uh it's and then uh they're about to say who it is and he says good and i was like <laughs> that's another g word that you just kind of covered up there
3: <laughs> yeah. fair uh, i'm just gonna be bummed because i really i had
0: my own view on how that was gonna how that what that meant but like yeah. I, I i do think it's gonna be good enough but i would agree with you dax i think i'd be kind of bummed that uh that they would go uh back to that character however i can see It's so they on would. the nose then it's so on the nose it's just yeah. too too much but whatever um well since we kind of brought up the stranger let's uh um we can talk a little bit more about uh one of the other storylines that we start following which is with the the, the half who are you know like the, the pre-hobbit race that we talked about and uh um So uh they they discover a man that has fallen out of the sky in a meteorite, and then uh Nori, who's kind of like uh the the main troublemaker of these uh Harfoots, decides to to bring home this naked old man and uh bring him back to uh their little village or whatever, keep him out of trouble. Um so like the Harfoots. I mean, I guess because they are so similar to the Hobbits, and I, you know, like it, it. They're I guess they're kind of charming in a way, but it also, again, it it, it feels so much like like they've. Like, you know, Dex, you just mentioned mirrored something. And, uh, so instead of really getting anything a little bit different, we essentially get like similar characters, but, but overall your thoughts on, uh, the, 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 the Harfoots and their adventures that they really go on to. I'm not really sure why they were migrating in the first place, but, uh, yeah. they really got to find themselves some miniature horses to pull those buggies because <laughs> everybody always gets stuck in the mud.
2: Yeah. I, um, I really liked how the Harfoots I mean talking about what what sets them apart from what we've already seen in the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings is um I like right away when you meet them um there's these two human Hunters who are traveling through and they're all totally camouflaged like drop of the hat these these Harfoots are they're almost like urban legends these these humans are like oh what if it's one of the the halflings or whatever they say right and then immediately when the humans are out of view you see them all pop up underneath like bushes and stuff. And I love how they, they incorporate nuts and twigs and yeah, like, and, and, and foliage into their hair. Like yeah, it must be uncomfortable as fuck, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love the look of it. I, I love that they don't have, they haven't set down their roots. Like, yeah, they, they just migrate with the seasons because it's all about foraging. Food it's, all, and, yeah. it's all about food. Like I love how, you know, there's, When we meet them, it's the end of the season where they're just munching on snails. And then after that, they're moving on to orchards. So I think that makes it different because they do have a bit more adventure in their lives. Like when, when we meet Bilbo, he's the only one who wants adventure and who learns how to, you know, fend for himself. Like they've all kind of grown comfortable when they have established the roots in the shrine. So having them as like this, my, this migrating tribe, I thought was a really cool idea. And anytime a perceived danger came up and they just all immediately knew what to do. Even the children, they know how to like, you know, run underneath, like hide in the tall grass. Like I thought that was a really fun visual thing and kind of a cool, a cool aspect to characters that, you know, they're, they're very similar to hobbits in in every way except they're a bit craftier and 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 bad shit happens to them which is kind of like shocking <laughs> like towards the end because you don't really see anything bad ever happen in the shire ever happen to innocent hobbits um but uh some nasty shit happens to them towards the end and uh yeah it, it's a bit shocking when when you have the when you have the, the memories of lord of the rings and just how pure they are and innocent. It's like, uh, yeah.
0: You, I, you, you mentioned the uh, the uh, the the two human uh, that they came across in in the first episode, and these humans were wearing like these massive like moose antlers. Yeah, they were
2: That cool. was amazing. It yeah. was, but uh,
0: did they really ever explain? No, no. They. I, I wanted more of just,
3: that. I know. I, I want to see the actual <laughs> animals, but I think that's just the cool thing. Is like. Uh, I think again, the world building was pretty close to the the original series. Like they re- probably were all the budget, you know. I mean, like clearly it was a step up from the normal TV HBO kind of shows, or at least equal to the best of them. And uh, like this, I would I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of it was shot in New Zealand because it still had the same feel and all and look and all that kind of stuff with I, the landscape. I, bl- I believe it was. Yeah. So I mean, you think about it right there. You're shooting you know, in another country for the entire thing, it must've cost a fortune. And like, I don't know, like it, it did look good. And I think that like, like you were mentioning the character designs for the most part were really good. The, like they stayed true, but also made the costumes feel older or, you know, like a prequel style. Um, like the Elven armor and all that kind of shit. And I did, I did love the hobbits, like, uh, camouflagey kind of clothing and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I, and I agree those those antlers. I'm like, whoa, that's fucking cool. But you never, ever, ever see, like, you just left. And I think it's kind of neat that you're just left with that one visual, and then that's it. It's gone.
2: Hey, Dax, what what did you think of our uh, the 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 one yeah, elf who's I was like, just about to say, yeah, yeah
3: he's like the Legolas for this this series. Oh and, yeah, and I didn't. This is like episode one. I probably had to restart like three or four times. I kept falling asleep. Uh, Granted, I was up really late watching it. But the first three episodes of this show kind of dragged for me. And it was, you know, I was there was a lot of dead bits that I was falling asleep and having to restart and watch again. And as a character, his sequence with when he goes to to the village. And that was one of the ones that I kept having to revisit because I kept falling asleep shortly thereafter. So I wasn't really I was like, oh, this guy's I'm not really feeling it. And then he's another character that is built. I, I grew to appreciate his character throughout the film and it was based on the, the, uh, the to me, the believable connections that he made with the other characters and stuff. And, and his action stuff is some of the best um, for me. And the, I really like how they did the elf. I mean, we've seen elves in combat in Lord of the Rings and like how they're more, you know, quicker and, you know, very good at fighting and sword play and all that kind of stuff. But they had some very, to me, unique looking things in this that kind of set it, it gave it its own little taste and uh, there's a battle and when they're when they're captive uh, Iran deer and a couple other elves are captive by the orcs and that whole fight sequence when they were getting out or es- escaping with the chains and how they were kicking the chains yeah. around and shit was uh, pretty, w- w- that was w- w- pretty fucking good. W-
0: cool. uh, we're jumping really <laughs> far ahead. We'll get back to Arandir, uh, Okay. Um, Cause I, I, we didn't get to, I, I didn't get to see if Sean had anything at last to say about the, the, the harfoots at all because this was really the only storyline that didn't intertwine with any of the other ones um you know they never met up with um i don't think they met up with any of the orcs or anything like that and they never met up with with any of the other uh characters in any of the storyline so they, their whole thing was just they were kind of Em- emigrating to wherever they were going, they were traveling uh, to where their, their new home for the time being for the season was going to be. And they had the stranger with them uh, throughout for the most part. And then, uh, so they, their their storyline was just centered around the stranger and, and uh, kind of getting him to where uh, he needed to go. And uh, so I guess that was actually one thing I find interesting is that they didn't actually tie that story into uh, anything else, but uh, Sean, Final thoughts on the Harfoots favorites. Yeah, I mean,
1: I, I liked it, but like, I, I did find that that storyline dragged a bit for me. Like I, I liked the mystery of the stranger and I generally liked the vibe of the Harfoots. Like I think like Nuno said, they're not as kind of complacent and lazy as the hobbits that we see in Lord of the Rings. Um, So that that's a bit different, but definitely you've got the Frodo Sam kind of friendship between Nori and her
0: friend Poppy. What, Poppy. Poppy. yeah that's Poppy. right um, a lot of mirrors on the show a lot of mirrors <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah so the next storyline is as we get uh uh Arendir, Arendir. uh so he's an elf uh who's in love with uh, a, a human named bronwyn who's a, a healer and a single mother of uh she's got a rascal of a son named theo and so she kind of becomes like the de facto leader of these uh, people in the Southlands who try to rally together to stave off a, a uh, like some incoming Orcs. So the first time we meet um Aaron dare, like uh he establishes that he has this uh, relationship um uh but he actually gets uh, uh captured by uh, a bunch of orcs. I can how does he get captured? I actually forget how. I I remember.
2: Shit. Yeah, he um so Um, He and Bronwyn they walk to, they walk to the next village over, and find that it's completely abandoned. Right, and there's there's kind of like sinkholes everywhere, and so he finds a tunnel, and he tells her to head back on foot, and you know warn everyone, and he follows the tunnel as far as he can go, and he thinks he's being he thinks someone's coming at him from the front, and he's got his back up against like. I don't know. It's like it's kind the of, end like a, of a
3: tunnel. He does the exactly, swim. Yeah. He does the swim and all that yeah. kind of shit. Yeah,
2: they do like a lot of cool horror tropes with, with like before you ever see the orcs and when the first orc appears. But yeah, he's kind of just waiting for someone to come to him out of the water. I think that's it. He's in front of like a little r- yes. like ravine or something like that in the tunnel, and it's bubbling. And then suddenly, from behind him, like a whole mass of like arms just grab him and pull him into the. That's dragons. right.
0: That's right. Um, so yeah, there was that, (laughs) that was another one of the, the the parts of this, that was uh, a bad example or a good example of bad writing, um, where he talks about the, the whole and she's like, you know, you should you know, like you're not supposed to go into that. And he's like, well, that's why I have to, or something stupid like that Um, to really <laughs> justify the reasoning of him going in there. But as he is trying to escape and you think there's something coming behind them, they have that, the visual of like, uh, like I guess rats or whatever that are rushing past him as he's going through the tunnel to make you think that there's something behind you and he comes out of the water and, uh, and that's how he gets captured. But, so he kind of awakens, and he's been captured by uh, the orcs. And while this is happening, um, um, Ronwin and Theo discover an orc un- like going through a tunnel underneath their village, and they actually were able to to kill it. And uh, um, so she brings the severed head into the tavern to say, "This is pretty much why we need to get the hell out of here and save ourselves because you know these things are are coming for us." Um, and that, that kind of divides, uh, the town into to two, whether to, uh, to just run away or to stay and like, essentially surrender yourselves to the orcs, uh, which is an, an interesting choice, but, uh, so Aaron gets captured and when he awakens, he finds he's is with a bunch of other elves and other different kind of creatures that have been captured by the orcs and they're being forced to, uh, dig these, these tunnels and, uh, but yeah, that's, that's when we get a couple of these really cool action sequences with, with chains, uh, which Dex, I think that's what you were alluding to before. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it, it almost felt like, uh, like a, like a martial arts, uh, scene where they were using the, the chains to, um, to, that they were that were you know were locked onto their ankles they were using them uh to like whip the orcs from the other end and they had a real cool sequence with uh some kind of high flying kicks and stuff and as they were trying to uh escape from from the orcs uh which unfortunately didn't work and it ended up uh all of his buddies end up uh being killed by the orcs um Which then led to uh, another part, which I I guess they had to do this to move the story along, which I thought was insane, is that uh, the orcs decide to let Erendir go to go tell the humans that they're coming. I didn't understand why they did that. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, all I can
3: think is that it's maybe Adar is clearly... Um, I mean, they explain it more later on in the show, but Adar is basically like in a fallen elf that is leading the orcs. And he, I guess, was turned by Morgoth. There was apparently elves that were taken from the high tree and turned and con during the war converted and t- twisted with the dark arts. Right. And he is one of them. And, uh, but he, you see him throughout the show doing all kinds of like elfish kind of rituals. And, and so you can see like, he, it feels he's torn. like feels a little Darth Vader. You know what I mean? It feels kind of like, I don't know if he ever was really torn. Um, but it, it, they, they sh- make you feel that way. Um, so maybe that has to maybe that, or maybe he was just enjoying playing with, his food kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like he d- He was so convinced that the classic uh, trope of the uh, bad guys of letting somebody go warn somebody, you know, that your death is coming kind of thing. But I, I, I get that too. Like I, why, but I don't know, maybe, maybe he was all part of the grand scheme because, because he goes back then the kid and the sword and all that kind of shit, which let's be real. I don't, I thought the sword was going to be awesome. Right. Like the, the use of it right and how they use that i mean i don't know if i'm going too far ahead, but we'll get to, like the use of that and what it does it seems so not what it was designed for if that makes sense like it seems like it should have been more of like a magical you know w- instead of a key like i don't know like it just doesn't doesn't make sense anyway you it, it, it was
0: a it was um because they they played it up this this hilt that theo had found which was I think belonging to Sauron, maybe, was that his, like, sword? like,
3: it has, like, his, like, symbol on it, and if you put blood on it, like, the fire would come out and shit. Like, it was, yeah, pretty badass. Like, the orcs, when they found out about it, were wanting to find it, like, because it was clearly an important thing. Like, it was...
0: Yeah, like, there were a couple of times where he kind of, like, jabbed it into his forearm, and it started to form this, you know, like, Thundercat sword that I was expecting them to do some sort of damage with it. But, yeah, it ended up being nothing really, uh, you know, deadly, uh, at the end, but, you know, again, we'll, we'll get to that, but, um, letting Arander go, uh, Nuno, Sean, uh, any idea of, of, of why?
1: I don't really remember specifically enough. that. <laughs> okay.
2: i anything. No, I'll, I'll pass. I'll say, you know, yeah. hey, just got gotta, gotta advance the plot. So moving
0: along <laughs> the, the 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 bonus of that is we got to see him use his bow and arrow a lot more and that was actually one of my favorite parts of the show anytime he whipped that thing out and was just cutting down orcs left and right like he was using an ar-15 or something like that it was just this non-stop direct hits um but yeah he essentially was another mirror of of something from lord of the rings and he was the the legolas
1: um so, greg just uh there on wikipedia it says he lets Arondir leave with a message for the southlanders who are taking refuge in the elven watchtower of austerith forsake their claims to the southlands and swear fealty to adar or they will be destroyed so just and, answer, basically.
2: and and in the end it kind of does work because bronwyn tries to rally everyone to stay and fight but then that evil bartender dude yeah. uh who, who has a scar in his forearm because that hilt he, was actually his right he yeah, was he the one who was, he was it, it. yeah yeah um he takes like half the men with him doesn't he yeah yes. they,
0: yeah they convert to whatever it, it just, it did feel that maybe a surprise attack from the orcs probably would have done the job. Right.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, he's trying to build his army, so maybe I guess. I thought there was a chance. I don't know.
0: Um, but, uh, yeah, so we got to see Ernie a lot and he was, he was actually one of the, the characters that I did enjoy, uh, uh, seeing fight, and uh, then so the other not story sure is... though, not
3: sure though how one arrow to a piece of rope tears the entire tower of stone down, but it was still a cool visual. It was it was a pretty amazing... <laughs> or was maybe a very maybe cool that was visual, just a, but I'm just a, like. A poor a All poorly right, cool. built tower yeah very sure. poorly built yeah.
2: No, they, they 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 had one night to like you know to figure it. out how
3: to re-engineer yeah, the tower that's been standing for centuries yeah for exactly. sure exactly yeah
2: it was just jenga
3: they were taking pieces out <laughs> but i did i did like that visual of like the uh the metal struts on it like snapping off and going poing, poing, yeah from the stress. yeah they did a good job showing that it was falling down i thought
0: and uh so the last storyline is we get the 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 younger version of uh, Elrond like Hugo Weaving's character from the uh from the Peter Jackson films um and he uh, he has an alliance with uh, Durin uh, who is a, a dwarf and uh essentially Prince, uh, Prince Durin the fifth yes, or they, whatever they need uh something that's within the minds that could kind of save the the elves in their future because all of their trees are being poisoned and the the trees and the plants of the lifeblood of the elves so we get we get more dwarves and you know uh Durin isn't quite uh a mirror of uh I Gimli. forget his name of of who? Gimli? Gimli, yeah, cuz he's he's not as much about fighting and battling, but uh, Durin is more about um, leading and, and keeping the dwarves strong where they where they are. And so we get this relationship uh, um, b- between um, Elrod and Durin. It's a little uh, dicey at first because it had been a long time since they had uh, seen each other. Um, but essentially, uh, the dwarves have discovered uh, uh, some kind of New mineral or gemstone or whatever uh, to,
3: is which mithril. It's the thing that the, they have in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, which is that super sharp, uh powerful metal that, like, right, Bilbo, Bilbo's vest is made of and shit like that. It's like very rare and very powerful ore. So and uh, show the origin of it in this show.
0: Durin himself has a pretty uh, tumultuous relationship with his father, who's the king. Um, because Durham wants to help the elves and make them you know stronger allies for the future but the king doesn't want to uh share share what they have in their minds and so and that essentially leads uh, uh the elves and how they create they have a little piece of this and how they end up creating um the rings um which uh you know kind of you know, sets the story forward into, uh, into, you know, the Lord of the Rings trilogy and all the stuff that we've been watching for so long. So this show kind of the climax of it is kind of the creation of these, uh, three rings. So what'd you guys think about that, uh, storyline, you know, Elrond, Duran, you know, the whole dwarf elf friendship that, uh, kind of continues, uh, you know, into the movies that we've watched, uh, Sean, do you remember much?
1: Yeah, I mean, that might have been my favorite storyline, to be honest with you. Like, I know there wasn't a ton of action, but I really liked the dynamic between Elrond and um, Durin. You know, like you got a bit of the Legolas, Gimli thing. But, you know, it's bigger than that in terms of like, you know, like this this show came out around the same time as uh, House of the Dragon, a lot of comparisons to Game of Thrones. And I think this is maybe where they tried to put their kind of Game of thrones stuff in there where it's like you get to see the elves and the dwarves, kind of how they want to, you know, work together, but they also have like this uh, kind of um, rivalry. And I just, yeah, I thought the thing with his father and him wanting to step up and be a, be a good ruler. And like, I thought all that stuff was great. So uh, yeah, I really liked it.
2: Nuno? Um, yeah, I agree with Sean. Um, The the Prince Durin and King Durin stuff was some of my favorite. Um, And also the Elrond uh, Prince Durin things like it's yeah more complex than the relationships that were that we saw, I think, in the Lord of the Rings films. Um, Durin is obviously he has his comic moments, um, but he also has like he's got these sometimes tender and then sometimes like, you know, uh, tough battles with his dad. But uh, I I thought both those performers who played the elder Jorin and the younger, they were great actors. I think it was some of the best writing, dialogue wise, came from uh, King Jorin. Um, he was you know he had like these interesting uh, dwarven philosophies, um, and yeah, he was very sentimental. I thought those moments worked really really well. It was uh, it was great. Max.
3: Yeah, uh, like I said in the beginning, uh, I feel like this relationship was my favorite in the the series. Um, Really, like it it turned my thoughts on Elrond around. Uh, I was very... I I mean, I was... I I, I gotta say it, I was... (laughs) I was a bit of a dick. Like, I just thought he looked ugly. Like, I didn't like his jutting out chin. I didn't like,
0: like
3: <laughs> I just thought he looked like a dweeb, you know what I mean? And then uh, he just, he warmed my heart, you know, with his his interactions with uh, with Duran, And I thought Durin was great too. And over the course of the series, I thought that that, like Sean's saying, that kind of political back and forth of friends, but then having to do for their country or their, their, their races or their homeland and stuff like that was just, it was, it was well handled and uh, it, it ended well, as well as it could. And um, yeah, I thought it was, I, I thought it was great. And it also uh, marks one of my favorite visuals of the series, which is the first time you go to Kazadun I think that's the name of the elf or the dwarf uh, mountain at that time. And it's where like, with all like the waterfalls inside the, the caverns and like they're growing fruits and vegetables and shit in there you know and it's like but you're they're also mining i just love the visuals of that design or uh, the aesthetic and the setup uh of all those backgrounds and and the entire
2: hey dax how, how about those how about the first dwarves you see the dwarf guards how their their helmet mask thing cover is like has a face and a beard all made of metal like how awesome Yeah, is that <laughs> it
3: was pretty cool i uh i found that in this one they didn't quite succeed on doing the the size differences of the races. I feel like it clearly looked like in 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 this they they clearly just looked like they were doing like the shrinking or the whatever camera trick but Duran looked like a human being standing to shorter than Elrond whereas in the other movies they used a lot of the the doubles and uh they used uh, like they kind of padded out um Gimli's outfit so he looked stockier even as yeah. like the actor. Uh the boots were a lot thicker. Like same with the Hobbit series. They were they looked a lot more dwarvish. They gave them big prosthetic hands and stuff like that. In this he just looked like a dude. Um uh but
2: uh yeah, yeah. They, they, they definitely didn't use any uh in any body doubles like little people but you know I I just rewatched the Lord of the Rings uh recently or or during the holidays I think And yeah, you you know, it's kind of funny when you see the full shots and suddenly the Hobbits have like little legs and Gimli looks, his body type is completely different. Usually you can tell by the runs too,
3: because you can tell like physically how people run and like usually smaller people like that have different run um, kinetics or whatever the biometrics are different, right? So
2: Sure. Yeah. Well, well, the the one thing with this, I I tried looking for it. Like, yeah, I, I think sometimes when... When it's a tighter shot, you can see that they didn't really try to play with the scale too much as far as like the head size. But I other times, especially with Nori and The Stranger, or The Stranger and any of the Harfoot, um, I think in the Jackson films, you you can tell it's an effect, but it looks good. It's kinda like, ooh, that's kinda cool. In this, more often than not, it's so natural. I think they used a lot more, maybe maybe digital compositing uh sometimes the the forest perspective but so many of the times it's just happening and you don't notice it so i think sometimes yes it kind of misses this um but overall i think they did a pretty good job where it you can't tell it's actually happening it's so natural i agree with that
1: yeah i mean what did you guys think of like the cg in general with this show because you know the Lord of the Rings trilogy had a really good balance between, between practical and CG. The Hobbit, I think most people kind of agree, went like too far to the CG side. And I feel like this there's a lot of CG in this, but I, I don't know. I, I, either the quality is just really good or I don't know. Like there was still some practical stuff like with the orcs. I thought the orcs looked great. Um, yeah, for the most part, I thought the CG, I didn't mind it in this. I thought it was actually pretty good.
0: Yeah, I I thought the orcs uh, looked pretty good. I think the only time I thought that it looked a little messed up was when they were using CGI for animals. Like uh, there was like that that wolf hound that uh, yeah. the orcs set loose on uh, on uh, the elves when they were captive. That had like uh, there was kind of like the black furred one, and then there was like the three other like white wolfy type creatures that uh, uh the stranger saved the 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 harfoots from i thought uh, when they were using it for the animals it it didn't quite look very very good at all uh but i, I did think the stuff with the orcs looked looked good yeah yeah uh, i'd agree with that too
2: yeah i was uh when, when i originally i think yeah this this premiered right alongside house of the dragon on hbo and i remember week to week watching this and being, you know, amazed by kind of like the vistas and like, especially the establishing shots, just how gorgeous they looked, you know, and obviously when they have to populate, you know, all the, the big cities, just how great it looked and the stuff when they're, um when they're out at sea, all the stuff with them sailing, I thought looked amazing. And then at the same time, when I was watching those same types of scenes on house of the dragon, they looked awful. And, You know, I I watched all of Game of Thrones and really there was never a time where I thought the effects were unsightly or kind of cheap in Game of Thrones. They must have taken some budget cuts, um, for House of the Dragon because anytime they're around the water or anytime there was an establishing shot or many of the times where they're even outdoors and you can tell there's compositing done because of like dragons or the entire backdrop is fake. It just looked awful compared to how good the, the rings of power looks.
1: Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, it could be. We were talking about this on the last film junk, but it could also be streaming quality of Crave if that's how you were watching. Uh, oh, <laughs> Dragon, it, it could, it could great. be.
2: It could be. Yeah, I gotta say, like, yeah, I, I watched this obviously streaming through Prime. They must have really good streaming, and obviously the budget too. Um, like yeah. For, yeah, I can only imagine the budget was higher. Oh yeah, I mean, it was almost a billion dollars for
3: the first that's season. Insane. Right? That's insane. Yeah. That's
2: insane. But you know what? When I see what went into this, just personally, when I I watched uh, Avatar Wave Water, especially in the high frame rate, it just looked like a video game most of the time. And I was bored out of my mind. Not a huge Avatar fan. When I think about how much work they put into just making a video game, a three-hour video game cutscene, compared to this, where... You brought back uh Weta workshops and Weta Digital and you're filming in New Zealand and every single orc is is uh is uh practical effects instead of the horrible ones from The Hobbit, which were hundred percent CG all the time. I look at this and I'm like, this is the kind of filmmaking I prefer as opposed to what JC is doing with the Avatar films. I wish JC would leave Pandora and like start making good movies again. <laughs> Make real movies again, JC. <laughs> <laughs> that's, See, my hot, that's, my, that's my hot take. That's a hot one. That's spicy.
0: Um. So, um, the stories actually, uh, the four different storylines start to. Well, three of the storylines start to uh, converge towards the end of the series, but like the 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 storyline is like. Nori and uh, a couple of the other Harfoots uh, uh, head out to try to. Um, I guess they're, they're they're out to warn the stranger that these cultists are are coming after him and then they get into the battle. And you you it's kind of revealed that uh, uh, the stranger is a wizard, and uh, so they defeat the cultists. And then uh, Nori decides to join the stranger on his journey to wherever he says he's going where the air smells better that's <laughs> kind of how he leaves it off and so that's kind of where that storyline ends but the other three do kind of converge and the first two um which is uh Galadriel's uh storyline and uh uh storyline kind of come together uh, this was one of my big problems about um like I don't feel they respected uh you know time and space very well it's cuz like gladriel gets onto the boat with the with the, the the queen's men and they're they're heading towards um the southlands and first of all gladriel has this amazing suit of armor which like she was rescued on a raft so i don't know where this suit of armor came from um that that fit her just perfectly uh but so they take off on this this boat journey and then almost immediately they're on horseback going to save the day with the, the, where the villagers are being attacked by the orcs, like it, it just felt like this journey took no time at all. And they arrived in the Southlands rather quickly. And I, I thought that was kind of a, a cop out and how they kind of pushed that storyline along now. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm glad that they pushed the storyline along because I was getting super <laughs> bored, Uh but uh they could do better than that. I think. Am I wrong? I I get what you're
3: saying. I feel like it's very Lord of the Rings, though, to have the cavalry come charging in when it's needed. Um, And I didn't feel necessarily that... I mean, they don't really give you a time to how long across the sea it takes. I'm assuming it's supposed to be a long period of time. However, I feel like this, because there's the four arcs, I feel like they may have spent in in between the boat flying, uh, starting to move. They must have gone to some Nori stuff. They must have gone to... Uh, some Durin stuff and then back to the Southlands. And then so you kind of it's you assume that maybe they took off way earlier in the month than when the Southlanders, you cut to them having to actually fight the orcs. And it was just good timing. I think that's the whole Tolkien way of having good timing of like them showing up right in the nick of time. Um, But I get what you mean, though. I mean, yes, it's it's just your classic movie shit, right? Movie license, TV movie license. I was
2: waiting for that. (laughs) I was waiting for that Drax. Uh, sorry, Drax. <laughs> Drax. There you go. I just call you Drax.
0: I like it. I'm sorry. <laughs> so we get a pretty uh, uh, great battle between the uh, the orcs and uh, and and the, the queen's army and uh, and and the elves um, on horseback, and there's there's a lot of you know, beheadings and stabbings. And, um, there was one good move where, the uh, two of the, the knights had a long chain on horseback and they kind of like took out a whole group of orcs with one shot. Um, and, uh, and then this is where, um, Adar, right. Mm-hmm. He has his hands on the, uh, on the sword hilt at this point. And, uh, so you do at one point, you do see him ask that evil bartender that he needs to do something for him. Like they, they, they show that on the screen. And so right away, and then they cut away before he asked them what to do. And right away, I was like, oh, he gave him the sword hilt and I was going to lead him on a wild goose chase, which is actually what he does. So Adar takes off on a horse, um, and, uh, Galadriel and, uh, and, um, what's his name again? I always forget his name, Harborn, Halborn, Halbrand. Halbrand. Halbrand yeah. and they head off after him and they they catch him and they they retrieve uh the item that is still wrapped in this uh this I don't know whatever it is uh, some it's uh, yeah and then uh, so Godriel gives it back to uh Aaron because they, he said you know we got to get that thing back and uh, they're they're questioning um Adar and this is the point where I was 100% positive that uh Halbrand was was Sauron because he like at at one point in that in their their fight he has a sword on uh adar and he says do you remember me yeah and adar says no and uh he just has this look on his face and i was like oh okay we never really got uh like a full explanation of why he was so mad at uh at, at adar and so that's the point where i realized oh this guy is definitely sorry but i was kind of i had an idea the whole time he was him but that kind of confirmed it for me but so while all this is happening that the evil bartender he he forges the sword fully and he get to see this thing and he sticks it in this uh this keyhole and essentially uh opens up the dam which floods everything which floods the volcano which erupts it and uh like massive amounts of of lava and ash and fire come barreling down on the Southlands and people are dying and getting crushed and and that essentially leads us to the creation of Mordor, which I actually thought was kind of cool,
3: oh yeah, I like the see I didn't like how it was done because it kind what... of takes all the like in the Lord right. of the Rings in the Lord of the Rings it's just myth like he, yes. you know, he, he, he brought smoke and plume or whatever, her little speeches and like created Mordor and like, then like, they could start encroaching on the, on the whatever. Right. But like to see how they did it just seems so like, like humans could have done it. Like, I mean, even though it's kind of like weird, like, how do you like, okay, it's a magic sword, but it goes into a key. And that somehow was created to break the dams, which then goes through all these tunnels that they built which then goes into the volcano right so i'm just kind of like what like what kind of planning is like it just seems it, when it's could be a whole magical thing about like the prince and or of all evil couldn't just use that sword to like create have the all the lava explode and all that kind of stuff it had to do with like actual physics of like creating a river system that goes into the volcano that causes a steam explosion which then triggers the volcano it just seemed a little kind of like multi-level annoying for me yeah but anyways i did really like when once i saw what was happening and all the ash was there i'm like oh shit this is now i get it and when it actually did like the southlands and i erased that and said mordor i'm like okay now i get it like this is where they set their foothold like that's where mordor you know, there's the volcano we've seen all the time. You know, I'm mean, like, I get it. Like it's it, that part was cool, but I didn't like how they got there.
0: Yeah, you don't know. Oh
2: yeah, um just uh two notes. Um yeah, with, with the second time watching it, especially with the subtitles on, I noticed a few things. So uh Adar and Sauron's relationship, the way it ended from what I can tell, when Adar is being um interrogated by Gladriel in that barn. He mentions that he, well, he says he killed Sauron and I think he believes he did. He essentially said that he cut him down. Yeah. It looks, it looks like Adar's motives for, for um, erupting Mount doom was for the actual orc. He wants the orc his kind. Yeah, yeah. he Like, I mean, they call him father and he looks as though he actually does care for them. And he mentions how Sauron just kind of used them as like fodder for his wars. So, yeah, Adar's like, "Hey, man, I'm taking. I, I, I want. I just want a place for my boys to come out in the sun, you know, during that's the day." True. And like, that's true. And because he does
3: say, like, once the like that his line of like, you can take off your covers because the sun doesn't isn't going to bother you anymore. My yeah, my children or whatever he says there. Um, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It was just his goal to kind of like make a home for the orcs.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I guess um, yeah, and. Yeah, I think, and, and yeah, the, the eruption of Mount Doom, um, you know, despite all of the, you know, whatever physics or whatever uh, the, the process of it, it was one of my favorite moments because honestly, I, I didn't see it coming. I was like, oh, that mountain's Mount Doom. Like the minute it erupted, I was like, oh, this is awesome. I was really, really into that. And uh, the aftermath of it with all the red, ashen
0: look, I thought was incredible. Some of my so, favorite um, stuff. At, at that point, uh, I think it was the beginning of the last episode when um, um, Gladriel wakes up and everything is red and and dusty. Um, that's when my 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 power went out, uh, and I was like, "God, shit! I'm gonna have to get this show finished." So I pulled it up on my phone and um, the the uh, Prime app on my phone, like it looked super red, like a very very dark red, and then and and then but, Ten minutes later my power came back on and i put it back on my my television and it was almost like a brown orange on the tv yeah, so the orange, color yeah. contrast between what i was watching on my phone and on the television like uh for me like the the phone looked way better because it was more of a deep red and it really looked like like the color of lava and, and like the shit had just gone down in this uh where these where these people people were were battling the orcs at so um i i did like the the color contrast better on my telephone so <laughs> that was bizarre
1: you gotta do some uh color balancing on your tv i think
0: yeah i yeah. think so um but uh, so sean what did you think about like the creation of Mount doom and how it happened
1: well that episode was definitely a highlight like that's kind of yeah. You know, I, as with what you guys are saying, I was, I wouldn't say struggling, but it was kind of like, I'd watch an episode, I'd like wait a week or two, I'd watch another episode. It wasn't like hooked on the show initially, but by the time you get to that battle, I was like, okay, I'm in on this show. I'm really enjoying this. And I was just going to say, you know, this idea of like, kind of like what Dax was saying, like, uh, you know, a lot of prequels they always have to explain all these stupid little things like, you know, Solo, for example, like you got to explain the origin of every stupid little thing to do with Han Solo. And it kind of gets annoying and it's like things that you don't need explained. But with this show, for some reason, that doesn't bother me. And maybe part of it is that, you know, like, because Tolkien kind of had a lot of this stuff in mind, you know, like, like he, you, you are drawing from the world that's already there, the lore that's already there, and you know some of these things. Like I'm sure that specific thing wasn't probably in in the books, but like I don't know, it kind of worked. I I kind of enjoyed it, and yeah, all these little Easter egg type things uh, I really enjoyed in this show.
0: So the 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 aftermath of of this is that. Um... Uh, the, the queen from, uh, uh, Numen- Numenor, uh, has been blinded. Um, everybody thinks that, uh, um, is Islador? Islador? Isildur, Isildur is, is dead and, uh, you know, everybody kind of gets uh, separated a little bit, but, uh, but they eventually, uh, get back together and they realize that uh, you know the, the they have to head home uh back to uh, the army has to head back with the queen and they they're leaving the um well the the people are kind of being left with um uh the uh, uh, Bronwyn kind of in charge of yeah. uh, of the people uh and then we realize that uh, uh Halbrand is uh, has been wounded and then uh Gladriel takes him by Horus, uh back to, uh, what's the name of the, the Elven land? Valinor? No, yeah, is that the, he...
3: no, Valinor's the main, like the heaven area. R-
0: All right, so what is where does she take him? Do you remember the... I can't
3: remember. It's a Lindor? city name. Lindor, it... Lindor? maybe, or
0: something like that. Like yeah. the chocolates? They oh, make wait. sweet chocolates Lind- there, yeah.
2: <laughs> it's like Linden, Lund... It's, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, you're right. It, it's,
0: it is something like that.
2: It's like, it's like London
0: and the chocolate, like, right. merged together. <laughs> so she, she takes him by, by horse to get him, uh, fixed up using, uh, elven medicine. And then, uh, which is crazy now that I think about it that they had the king of all
3: evil in their fucking city and they didn't, as, as the elves being the light version of, yeah, you know, the world, they couldn't sense any of that. Like he's, I guess, the, he's the great deceiver I guess and every move I mean Star Wars does it too right like evil can be hidden and I don't whatever but yeah anyway so continue sorry
0: that just that's okay um but yeah so this is when they they get uh uh the idea from uh Albrand actually on how to make rings the, of power yeah to, to create something to that to and what's what's the name of the gem again dax oh it's mithril then mithril. mithril 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 right and so um <laughs> because uh um Albrand had said before that he like worked as a blacksmith or something they were able to create a machine and do a whole bunch of, of tests and stuff and while this is happening when they're pleading their case to their the king to not evacuate and to actually give this plan a chance um one of the other, well, the main, uh, elf scientist, I guess, uh, he uses, uh, the same dialogue that, uh, Adar had said earlier, which is kind of how, uh, uh, Galadriel got, gets a uh, weird suspicion about her. And then she has one of her people, um, uh, do some digging on the King of the, the South And then, and that's how she discovers that, uh, Halbrand is actually Soren. and, and, uh, and then he kind of takes off and then uh, we have this whole montage of uh, uh, forging the, the rings. And then that's kind of how the, the show ends with them, like staring over the, the, the three rings of power that they have finally forged. And what for is the gonna, elves, by
3: the way, they for the only forged just the elves rings. Yeah. Yes. There's like seven given to men or something and, or seven to the dwarves. And, but that's, uh, I guess we're going to see that in later seasons, I guess. Right. They've, they figured out how to make, Mithril rings that are apparently imbue the power of your. So I'm ass- I'm I, I'm left to assume that these three rings that the elf lords are holding allows the elf race to stay alive and and prosper yes. for the next thousand or so years. Right, because they were literally about to be out of power.
0: Yes, and I mean, these three rings there something are
1: something about the mithril, like uh, you know, preserving the light or i don't know john did
3: you notice the the comparisons to uh uh it had a little avengers vibe a little tony stark vibe with his like making his uh the power for his chest plate or like that like the loop upon the loop of making the inconsistent power or something like that it made me think of uh oh they've been it's because they were talking about like inventing too right so it had a very kind of like avengers or uh tony stark iron man 2 making his capacitor thing
1: Yeah, I could see that.
3: That's something I didn't like, though, too, is again, this kind of made it it brought it to realism, which I didn't didn't hate wasn't great. So I guess I'm kind of meh on it, but I I understand why they did it again. I like how in the first movies it's all mystical, right? Like you're just left with little quick little cut scenes of like Elvin Smith, like just slow motion hammering a sword or something like that. And you just you're left to like it's a magic sword. They made it like that's how it happens. They're just their magic and they made it this was all like alchemy and like uh, kilns were blowing up because it couldn't handle the fucking heat. And they're trying to push the metal together too. Like it just became too technical. Like it became, <laughs> it kind of took the magic out of it for me. It's like the
1: like,
3: Yeah. It was like medical. Exactly. Sean. It was like, meta, it was like the metachlorians of this franchise. 100%. Mm. I'm, I also didn't like the
0: actual look of the rings.
3: Yeah. And I don't understand that the, the three stones and shit like that. I don't remember them being in the other ones that the, the stones on top being so important, like the red, blue and white. But maybe Well, I'm you wrong. know what?
2: I I I think they were kind of stuck on the, uh, having to depict them that way, because in, in the opening uh, prologue to Fellowship of the Ring, when Gladriel is talking about uh, who yeah. all the rings or, or, are yeah. who who has all the rings. Uh, Galadriel, Elrond, and then I think the High King are the three elves. And you see a close-up of their hands, and those are the actual rings. So they, a- they
3: had they had the color. I remember hers being yeah. white, but I don't hers, remember the. Co-
2: yeah, I, I guess it looks kind of it's like it's like a platinum white kind of one, the one that Galadriel wears. Yeah, but but the red and the blue um insects
3: okay. on well, the. Okay, they they were very accurate yeah. then. Makes sense. I, guess. I think
1: they're related to three elements or something. Like I think it's fire, water, and something else, but I don't the light of Alendil. I
0: don't, I don't know. I think the, uh, I think the fact that they were red, white and blue stones was just like USA <laughs> propaganda. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but I did, I did like that. It all wrapped up with them making the, I mean, I guess I should have realized. And then I, as I was watching, I'm like, Oh, I guess rings of power. Like we're getting to the end of the series is them making these rings. Um, and I did like the nod to the, um, uh, because the whole time in the Dwarven, the king doesn't want to dig too deep because it's dangerous. And then Durin's like, the son is like, no, we need to get this mithril out because it's going to help the elves. It's, it's amazing shit, all this kind of stuff. And fast forward to the Lord of the, or a thousand years when the bow or not even probably 500 years or so, because the Hobbit time when the Balrog is set loose and they have that little scene where like he throws the leaf through the little hole and it goes all the way down to the bottom of the pit. And there's the Balrog down there which was kind of cool. Um, yeah. And I did really like how they explain Mithril being made, because, see, that's the kind of shit I like, like, that it was the elven trees, like the super trees or whatever it was being hit by the lightning of this godlike battle, and that infused that energy into that, the earth, and it made that mineral through the roots of the tree. I, th- I thought that was kind of cool.
2: Yeah, I, I, apparently that Balrog, it is the same Balrog that, that faces off with Gandalf. His, uh, they call him Durin's Bane because he eventually he has he comes he's to, one who he, unleashes it right or whatever. Yeah, and he yeah he eventually will come across one of the Durins. Like we don't know when because there's a, again there's a thousand years between this I think and mm-hmm. and the Lord of the Rings. And uh, like a lot of the dwarven kings are named D- Durin. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think also in the appendices, like yeah, as far as like. Anytime there's an encounter with a Balrog, I think it's always the same one. There's like only like one or two Balrogs, right? Makes sense.
3: So, so actually, oh, that's he does. Oh. Does he not say that? Maybe help me if I'm wrong here. But does Gandalf not say that's where I heard the name before? Doesn't he say a Balrog of Morgoth? Oh, I think when well, he when he's explaining like words, when he's in together. I know when he's when he's in the tunnels <laughs> with the Fellowship. Yeah, He's, and he cuts to his face, and he does the whole. He's like scared. A, yeah, right. I think he <laughs> that says right. that, which means that it, it It's like a descendant of like the main, main, main bat. So that would be make sense that there's only a couple of them or something. Anyway, sorry, I just nerded out there for a second. That's the junkers okay. can tell me if I'm wrong.
0: Um, so I got a question for you guys. You get one harfoot, one hobbit. And one Nelwyn. Steel Cage. Who comes out? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Shit. It depends. Does the Nelwyn have fucking stone acorns? Because <laughs> if the Nelwyn's got stone acorns. Yeah.
1: yeah. I think the Harfoot.
3: I think so, too. Well. Yeah? Yeah, because. You think they're more scrappy?
1: They've just. You know, they, they live, live the off the land more. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
3: I think. Yeah. I think Sean's right there. I would go with. uh Although Nelwyn's. Nelwins have... Bat- no, I'm going to go Nelwyn because if you go to Willow, they actually have army Nelwins. Like, they have their own little army, right? They have the soldiers, they've got the farmers, they got this and that. So they clearly have a culture that uh, surrounds some fighting as well. The Harfoots and the Hobbits, both in this series, mention how, like, they're, you know, one variant of being uh, happy and staying quiet and staying safe and doing this and that. So I would go Nelwins. Grab grab. What's his name? Oh, shit. Bumfar! Whatever the fucking, the, the big muscly no one is that, Vonka! Vonka! He would kick the shit out of a hobbit.
0: Vonka. <laughs> You're probably right. Yeah, I think uh, I think we solved it. That's the riddle that everybody <laughs> needed to, to know about. I'm alarmed um, all right, my knowledge
3: um, of no one culture.
0: Nuno, final thoughts on the series?
2: Um... I. I was a huge fan. I think, um, I think the pacing was maybe an issue my first time around, but on the second viewing, um, I was just riding high. I I loved it. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, Dax, I'm going to borrow your feast for thine eyes. Do it. There were, there were so many scenes in this where I was just like, wow. Like I, I just loved visually how it looked, the design that went into things. Um, yeah, I love the armor design. Like I, I want to say before, with uh, er- Errandir, um his uh, his company patrol, they have that really cool armor or the chest plate where it looks as though it's all carved leaves, and then like a like a tree face on the on the center. Mm-hmm. Something about that, I was just like, man, I love that that chest plate. That was a cool design. Um,
0: Dax, yeah. Final
2: thoughts. Big man.
3: Yeah, no. I, it, starting off, I was going to be it was didn't hey, it wasn't great, but by the like as Sean said, by I'd say the when they start to set sail is when I I I was like okay, I'm 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 on board. It's starting to feel like what I want out of this, and uh, I liked it from there on out, and uh, so I, I I quite enjoyed it actually. Sean,
1: yeah, I liked it. A lot more than I thought I would. I was very cynical going into this, you know, they spent a billion dollars just to get this property and, and because uh, they knew there was an audience there, but I think it justifies itself. I think there's a lot of cool stuff. I think the pacing is a bit of a problem. I wish it was like hour long to 50 minute episodes instead of 70, 75 minute episodes. But uh yeah, I'm actually excited to see what comes next.
0: I also, went into it with a bit of cynicism and uh i felt like i was justified of that by the end of it uh, i just yeah i thought it was bad writing and a lot of characters i just didn't care about and um yeah it was way 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 too long it was uh, it was really drawn out but um so great uh,
2: you uh sorry i just want to say you, you stand you stand with the 38 percent um, That's right. <laughs> I, 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 I went on. I went on Rotten Tomatoes afterwards, and the score, the critical score, is like eighty-three consensus, eighty-three percent, and then the audience score is thirty-eight, which is, I mean, there's a huge division. Yeah, it's a big margin
0: there with, the, yeah. with this series. Wow, well, I mean, um, which is weird because a lot of the exactly the, yeah the reviews that uh, uh, I kind of at the end of it just kind of popped in and like the first three that uh, populated were very negative, uh, from, for critic reviews on this series. So, um, but yeah, that's so, uh, out of five, I'm going to give it a, uh, I'll give it a 1.5. Ooh. Uh, Nuno. I'm going 4.5. Oh my Lord. Sean.
1: Uh, 3.5 for me.
3: Dax. Yeah. I'm going to go 3.5 as well.
0: All right, uh, so let's get into our uh, superlatives, and uh, we'll start off with our, our top five moments, and uh, Sean, we'll go to you first.
1: All right, top five moments. Uh, okay, my number five, I'm going a bit outside the box here. I'm going to say the opening credit sequence. We didn't really talk about that. But I skipped
3: it, it every I, time after the first. It was I, way too long, bro. Yeah.
1: Do you do you guys know what it is? Like it's actual like it looks like it's just some CG thing they created or something, but it's actual sand and these are patterns that sand makes when you play sounds and, and music.
3: Okay. So, yeah, I assumed it was something like that. I didn't know it was I like- don't know, I just
1: thought it was a really creative idea and I like that they actually had um Howard Shore doing the the main theme for this.
3: It's a catchy score. I like that. I will say this and I was really wanting that that's something that was a negative for me was that I wanted that Lord of the Rings feel. And I felt like I never really got it. Like there's nothing memorable for me score wise in this entire show. And usually I'm pretty quick to catch on to a score and either I like it or I don't, but this one, I don't honestly remember the music. I don't remember the music to the intro. Uh, Yeah. I I should probably go back and take a listen, but I, I feel like it didn't quite hold the water that it should have.
2: Yeah, the 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 intro theme was the only thing I think Howard Shore wrote, and yeah, watch it once or twice; it'll stick with you. And okay. it's very, and it sounds just like it's very very reminiscent of the of the films.
3: Okay. Sorry, Sean. Uh, okay.
1: My number four: uh, the orc practical effects. So Thought they looked great, much better than the Hobbit. Was happy to see that back. Uh, number three, I'm going to just say the, the big battle, whatever it was it? episode six. Was that the one, uh, really enjoyed that number two, I'm going to say, uh, Morphid Clark as Galadriel. I know a lot of people kind of are saying it's, it doesn't feel like the same Galadriel and that's a problem, but I like that. I like that you're going to see her kind of there's gonna be an arc there. You you see her now as she's young and she's angry and she's going through some shit, but she's gonna become uh the Kate Blanchett, I think, by the end of this series. And number one, uh Elrond and Durin just loved hanging out with these guys, had a lot of fun, and uh yeah, really liked it.
0: All right. Um, I'll do my top five. Uh number five, uh uh, at the, uh, in the last episode, uh, Poppy calling Nori an ankle head, which is an insane Harfoot insult. And man, like writing in this show is so bad, so bad <laughs> ankle head. Um, number four, uh, Andrew losing his, uh, uh, bow and arrow, uh, in the dark when they think they have the, the orcs trap, but it turns out it's just their, their friends from the village who have kind of joined the arcs and he's just picking them off one by one. Um, Number three, uh, the scene where they forged all the rings. Uh, like I love blacksmith tooling, and I thought it was uh, super cool to watch uh, all the molten stuff flow through, and then actually using the tools to deform to those rings. Uh, number two, something actually we didn't talk about. Um, um, when the when the Harfoots uh, take off on their journey, they sing a song. It's all about wandering. Um, I love the wandering song. That might've been my favorite part of uh, of the show. That's fair. It was a, it was a banger. And then uh, number one, uh, finally at the end of episode eight, when the end credits rolled. Oh God. <laughs>
1: Yikes. Now I got I'm trying to remember here, Greg, but I yeah. feel like you really liked the first Hobbit movie.
0: I don't like it. I might've like, I, I haven't seen it since we did the review. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I remember not liking the first Hobbit movie, but I kind of came around on it eventually. So, yeah.
0: well, I mean, I, I don't want to trust my memory on, on anything because during the Willow podcast uh, for the the TV series, uh, I said that I'd never seen the show before. And someone <laughs> pointed out that I talked about it on the 80s premium, which yeah, I have yeah. no recollection of doing. I knew and you happens, must have seen that. It happens fucking to movie, us man. all
1: the time, man. Like, it's you can't remember. Oh, uh,
0: yeah, so apparently I have seen uh, Willow, so I, I stand corrected. <laughs> um, uh, Dax, your uh, top
3: five. Okay, so top five. Okay, so on my five, I've got Sauron, and I put still not sure about this one because like it kind of left me, I like the idea that we get to see who this character is going forward because um, he's just like the black shadow in the films and stuff like that you get a bit more of it in in the hobbit um but uh i don't think i like that it's like i got a human body right now like i don't so i'm kind of on the fence with that but i do like the fact that we're getting to see sauron um number four was the elvish breakout chain fight sequence thought that was cool and it was different uh embracing the elf stuff that we've seen in the other movies but doing its own take on it uh number three is Kazadun. so the like i said the when you first get to see El rango in the the dwarven uh city and you, the waterfalls and just how it, how it was designed was fucking awesome um a feast for thine eyes if you will Nuno uh the- uh number two is the relationships overall, so all the character relationships like they usually in twos i uh i thought they were all really good by the end they i felt like the acting was good the characters felt. The complete opposite of Greg. Like I felt that that, that worked for me. Um, especially Elrond and Duran. And uh the fact that it turned me to like Elrond was impressive. I thought that they that was really good relationship building there. And number one had to be the blind side of the wizard reveal from The Stranger. I I, I actually kind of got goosebumpy at that p- point and was like, oh shit, he's not fucking Sauron, fucking yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> So yeah, but that may be revoked to uh, top worst things if it's Gandalf. Mm-hmm. There's my top five.
0: <laughs> you know, five
2: uh, the Balrog reveal um, nice. un- under the, mith- mithril, the uh, mithril 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 Perfect,
3: perfect execution.
2: Number four, uh, the Harfoots and the Stranger. Just everything about the interactions and the culture. Uh, number three, uh, the dis- the destruction of Numenor prophecy that um that the queen sees through the uh the crystal ball palantir i thought visually it was very amazing seeing all the water coming in and destroying everything and yeah, we see it oh, twice when, she, when, when she's holding that baby yeah brutal yeah. right yeah and then i think and then we see it, we see a bit of, we get a taste of it again like they just do money at this right cuz it's like Galadriel does the same thing and then gets a bit of the the prophecy um number 2 uh same as Sean, the look and practical effects of the orcs. And number one, uh, the creation of Mount Doom and the eruption and aftermath.
0: So um, fucking solid list there, boys. <laughs> <laughs> um, favorite secondary characters. I mean, for me, it was, uh, Aaron Deere. He was, uh, easily my, my favorite character of the, sh- of the, the show. Um, Dax, what about you? This one's a tough, I can't, I'm not going, I'm going to uh,
3: stray and, and pick a couple because I actually, I'm not a big character guy, but I feel like, and maybe it's because there were so many fucking characters. Like this list on IMDb is massive. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I, I really liked uh, Sophia Nomviti or Vedi the Disa, which is the wife of Dern. I thought she was cool, um, charming and stuff of like that. Is, and for, did her role really well. Um, I ended up liking Elrond. I liked um, Aaron Deer was, was huge for me as well. I thought he was cool. He grew on me as well. Um, I thought uh, Eleanor Brandyfoot was pretty good. Uh, Markella Cavanaugh. So, I mean, I think that, yeah, like there was a lot to choose from. And I think that characters is probably one of the strongest parts of this uh, series, in my opinion.
0: That was Nori, right? Eleanor Brandyfoot? Sorry, yes.
3: Yeah. yeah oh, sorry, Nor- my yeah. bad. Yeah, that's Nori. Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, Nuno. Uh, like Dax, I I had difficulty with the secondary character and for the recasting, but for secondary character, I wanted to go with Arondir and uh, and Adar, but I chose uh, Prince Joran because he was yeah, funny. He was funny and he had great moments um, of, you know, tenderness and, you know, his friendship with Elrond. But the best scene is how he got a free table from the elves. Oh, yeah, yeah, after yeah. After the banquet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where did amazing. you get
3: this from? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was way too good. Yeah, uh, there, was sh- some, there was some charming. How did you not? Like, that's pretty good writing. How did you said it was shit? You yeah. 1.5, Gregor. It sure did. Is it because <laughs> you watched this it.
1: whole thing on your phone? Is yeah. it I wish I had. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Those but reds, had. baby.
1: Rashawn. Uh, I'm also going with Princess Disa, who, you know, call, but... another little addition to the, that whole dynamic between uh, um, Elrond and uh, Durin. And it's just interesting to see like a female dwarf. Like, I don't think have they had any in any of the other movies? I don't think no. so.
0: No. no, All right. Looks pretty cool. And uh, let's go to the recasting. Uh, Nuno, you hinted at it. I want to know what uh, your recasting would be.
2: Okay. This was tough. Um I went with Elrond. I thought the acting <laughs> was great, but kind of like what Dax hit on earlier, um, visually... What a big, hideous
3: little beast he is.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I wish... Okay, at first I thought, okay, he needs to have long hair because almost everyone at, at Lindor, I'm going to say Lindor, everyone in Lindor, all the males have long hair. Uh, the Elrond that we know has long hair in the future. Yeah. This guy had short hair just like Kella uh, Brimbor. They looked like father and son. Like it was, they looked way too much like. Anyway, I'd recast Elrond with an actor by the name of Harry Lloyd, who's kind of like the spinning image of um, Tom Hiddleston. I first noticed him in uh, the effects series Legion, where he played a young Charles Xavier. Um, and then he also was in. Peacock's short-lived uh brave new world adaptation and i thought he was fantastic in that he's just tall tall tom hiddleston looking dude i thought he'd be a good elrond as well
0: i completely forgot about legion that show i think i watched the
2: first season yeah it, it was a lot of fun great great cast too if you look back at the cast now of all the people who are in it it's just what a great ensemble like it's a really messed up show but Yeah, really fun. Sean, recasting?
1: All right, so I went with The Stranger, played by Daniel Wayman, and I just thought he was a little too goofy. I want, like, I just want, like, grouchy, crabby old man, and I'm going with Alan Moore playing
3: (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) He was Alan Moore. Give me a, a thing he's in.
1: Oh, he's like a comic book writer, Alan Moore. Oh, okay. if you look up a picture of him, you'll see. Oh yeah,
3: okay.
2: <laughs> 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 oh yeah, <laughs>
0: that's perfect. Actually,
2: doesn't, doesn't uh, isn't he part of some like religion that worships like a a snake or something, like some some some, some, some ancient snake <laughs> but, god? Probably. Yeah. Uh, Who's your recasting? <laughs> my my
3: recasting is a bit. I hate this recasting one like it's I'm so shit. But at the end of the day, like I said, the strength of the characters was I was going to do Elrond from from jump, but I couldn't think of who to recast because I thought his acting was fantastic. So I didn't want to go that route. So I went with a visual thing and uh, replaced King Durin, So King Durin, with Santa Claus, the movie Burgess Meredith. (laughs) So if you go to 1985, Dudley Moore the santa Cla- santa claus the movie <laughs> Amazing. um uh burgess meredith is has like a, a fucking beard that's down to the floor like or actually no people have to carry it for him it's like 16 a, tra- a train 16 people back carrying his beard and he he's just dogs like that burgess meredith baby like Duran yeah. Duran senior bur- bring back burgess i love for that it. role yeah
0: um, And for me, you know, honestly, like everyone, like I just, other than Oh, Morphid Greg,
3: Plug, what a hot <laughs> take. This is
0: scalding. I I, uh, I just thought they were all just a bunch of schmoes. Like, Who are you going to
3: replace these guys
0: with? Uh, is it
3: 40 people?
0: I know. So I'll just, I'll, I'll go with uh, uh, like Sean, the, the, the guy that played the stranger, Daniel Wayman. Like we need somebody, we still need somebody that's tall and lanky and uh but m- maybe on the goofier side than what sean thought but uh, i'd replace him with uh actor Stephen merchant
3: oh <laughs>
0: <No>. nice
3: <laughs> because
0: because wow. really the great jim parsons from the big band theory couldn't even save this show
3: oh my Ooh. god <laughs> that is the hottest of hot takes Jeez! all right yeah well, somebody's, um, somebody's just trying to get that clickbait title right now. That's
0: true <laughs> and for, if we, uh, if this was on YouTube, the, uh, the, the what what is that called? Like the, the little thumbnail, the thumbnail, you know, it would just be all of our faces doing like, like <laughs> who hated this show? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, coming up, we've got, um. Um we've got a couple shows that uh, we're going to do in March. Um later on in the month, we're we're going to have a panel together to talk about uh, season 1 of Yellow Jackets uh, to get us ready for season 2. And then uh um also uh towards the end of March, we're going to have the the union that everybody has been asking for, TV Junk meets game junk and we we're going to review the last of us yep. so that'll be a uh, a good one to uh look forward to plus march 1st is uh starts mandalorian season three so that one's going to come up uh as well so we got a lot of go- a lot of good uh podcasts coming up um on the tv junk feed um sean what's next for film junk
1: uh ant-man and the wasp Quantumania.
0: oh can't wait to get into that quantum mania chatter it's going to be an exciting podcast. I, I'm going to be on it. I'm going to be on that that show.
1: I was hoping you'd say that. That's Nuno,
0: awesome. are you are you going to make it? Um, yeah.
2: If, if if you want me on, Sean, I'll uh I'll make sure I watch it this weekend.
0: Yeah. And we'll stay- uh, what's the uh the latest game junk, John? What's out there right now?
1: Uh, well, we skipped a week, but we did the last thing we did was just talking about the last Nintendo Direct and the Metroid Prime remastered announcement, which was huge. So I don't huge.
0: understand anything that you just said. Huge news. <laughs> in the Nintendo World. That is that is massive. Are are you are you going to make your way down to uh um Universal Studios in in California to check out Super Nintendo World?
1: I would like to. I mean, when when's it coming to Florida? Is that like a couple years away still?
0: Uh yeah, that's part of their whole epic universe, new brand new theme park uh that adds in stuff from like uh, how to train your dragon and all that stuff so they're they're just kind of starting building that right now but yeah so i don't know maybe the game junk crew should should head down to california
1: yeah i mean i'd be down do a live show
0: <laughs> <laughs> and where can people find you uh on the on the interweb sean
1: just uh filmjunk.com and at filmjunk on twitter
0: Dax. What's up? What's next for you? You're Um, going to Vancouver. Yeah. I won't
3: be able to sadly be on the ant man podcast as I'm sure I would get the uh, invite for that as part of the drunkles. Um, But yeah, no, as I mentioned to Sean earlier, I'm going to Vancouver comic-con fan expo this weekend. So I won't be back in time. So I look forward to listening to that episode. Um, and it'll probably be before I go see the movie
0: because can movie uh, can people movie. come come visit you uh of at course. your table? Yeah, I'm table yeah. P
3: nineteen in uh at the Vancouver Convention Center. I've got if you go to my Instagram at daxgordine.com, you can find my Instagram on there or look up D underscore underscore G E E and you can go to my Instagram and you can see i I post a couple links of uh of like or I did a post of where I'm going and where I'm gonna be and, and stuff like that. So yeah it's it's this weekend family day weekend in Vancouver, which was uh, good for for last year It was a great show, and people were loving for folks so we're gonna be selling books there with raid Studio, so it's gonna be good
0: i don't I don't know if you know this but it's 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 well known that p nineteen is the best table that, yeah <laughs> I know.
3: We got P- P-20 P to P-16, P-16 to P-20, and I'm P-19, so clearly nice. they know what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? a <laughs> uh, good guy at the top.
0: N- Nuno, what's up with you? Where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, my online portfolio um,
2: where I have um, my comic book covers that I illustrate is nunop.com or nunop.com. And there should be links to all my socials
0: on there as well nice and you can uh follow us on twitter tv junk podcast you can follow ball junk podcast on twitter gasman lives on twitter just you know follow everybody that's what that's what you got to do thanks for uh checking out the show you can watch mr
3: rogers you can watch Three company and you can turn on fame or the newlywed game or the adams family say you can watch barney miller and you
1: can watch your mtv and you can watch till your eyes fall out of oh, your head.